Aaron Mackey just went back to tour recently. Yeah, Aaron just went back to tour, but who did I... You had Patty Murin. Yeah, Patty and um, Amanda Jane. Somebody else, too. Jen Gambatis? Oh, yeah, Jen. Yeah, Jen. Oh, you're so good at this, Quincy. You really are good at this. Like, he is an encyclopedia. <laughs> I, like, lived it, and I don't remember. And... <laughs> My name's Quincy. My name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men. But keep your thumb away from that skip button. We're here to talk. And maybe scream. About our favorite women in musical theater. Well, here we are. Here we go again. Um, We got to get right into it because we know that our guest is currently waiting to join us. Yes, tonight's guest gets like Girl Scout points, Eagle Scout points, because Quincy and I always come on a half hour early to do the intro and we like click in and then D clicks in <laughs> at the same time. And she's like, I'm sorry, I just was making sure I knew how to use it. <laughs> like we had just logged on, weren't even like talking yet. We're truly just like getting situated ourselves and then she popped in and i was like oh my god did we mess up the time <laughs> should we just launch into her resume yeah we might as well since we just ruined the surprise do you want to take us on this journey quincy sure 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 <laughs> oh that is apropos for this episode i'll take us back to the year 2000 pokemon live is making its way around north america and Miss D. Rossioli is playing Ash's mom, Mrs. Ketchum. Does she have a first name? Um, I think, but I don't know what it is. Were you a Pokemoner? No. Oh, I like fully was. Yeah. Oh, no, I was not. Worth noting that Andrew Reynolds was also on that tour as one of the team Rocketers, right? The gay villains? Yeah, the queer villains. The pi- yeah, the purple hair, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. red hair, whatever he had. <laughs> the gay villains. Jumping to 2002, she played Grizabella in Cats. We love a Grizabelfi. Moving on to 2006, where she broke into Wicked Standing By for Christy Cates in the Chicago production. She then took over the role full-time in Chicago. Also was a temporary replacement for Vicky Noon in the San Francisco production. That's right. Also made her Broadway debut as Elphaba in 2009. My God. Also, (laughs) to the first national tour in 2011, and that, my friends, is where Quincy Brown saw her perform as his first Elphaba in Wicked the Musical. Saw her six times. In how how many days? I was there for a good... I feel like it might have been there for like a month. It's not like you saw it six times in... 12 days or something. No, I think I only did like one back-to-back and then everything else was like once or twice a week. 2016 replaced Jessica Vosk as Fruma Sarah in Fiddler on the Roof. And then in 2018, stood by for Friends of the Pod, SJB and Teal Wicks. Oh my God, yeah, we're like completing the triad tonight. So when Michaela Diamond takes over on Broadway, we'll have her on and then we'll really have like worked our way through the shares. Oh my God, and then we'll just have to get Cher on. To talk about her alphabet journey. (laughs) When she plays Marble in the movie. (gasps) Wow. That'd be kind of fierce. I'd be into it. That would be good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so Miss Rossioli has uh, been around the block. Yeah, I feel like we're like on this streak of, you know, these women who have like five, six, seven, eight, a hundred contracts with Wicked. Like it was the mm-hmm. same with Eden. I'm just like, who has the stamina? Yeah, and D also holds the record for 
performing Alphaba the most in North America, I think, of any other actress? I think there are so many of these, like, very specifically worded things. Like, Jackie Burns is longest the longest-running Broadway. Broadway Alphaba. Yeah. But D is the most performances as Alphaba, I think. I think D's claim to fame, apart from everything, is she has played Alphaba the most of any actress on North America. In North America? Because we were saying too, or like, does that still hold? But like, I don't think the girls these days are doing as many contracts as the OG Well, the only other person I was thinking was like Jenny Denoya, but Jenny Denoya is international hopping around too. So yeah, that's Miss Rossioli's res, res, res. Kevin, do you want to hit us with the choices, options, and bootlegs? Oh my. Which honestly, I'm going to say I'm a little jealous because I feel like I have a lot of like a niche little videos that I'm obsessed with of D, but I'll let you take oh, this Oh, well, now I feel bad, but... No, 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 take it. This is like, I don't know, it's not the nichest thing, but it is true to who I am, because as I said, I love a Grizzabelfi, and so, of course, like, what I'm obsessed with is the video of D doing memory. Sure. As we know. I love the big memory, you know, like, the big final... The this SJB is my memory. gripe with the person who posted that video. Okay, so it's like, that's the big showy moment for Grizabella, but then it's like the first warm-up memory is like where you get to kind of act a little bit. And I'm obsessed with the way that Dee starts the song. She's like whisper singing. And then on Has the Moon Lost Her Memory, it's like full belt out of nowhere. I love it. To me, it's like she is like singing it at the moon. She's like referencing something far away. So she's, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. Doesn't it make you want the other memory, though? Oh, it, it, yes. For years, I've wanted the other memory. <laughs> I wonder if she has it. Be like, do you have the, like, memory memory that we want? <laughs> <laughs> if not, could you give us a little bit of it now? <laughs> Can you just whip it out? D. Rossioli. Hello. The D. We are so excited. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so happy. So I don't know if you know this, but you're my first alphabet D. Oh, really? I saw you on tour in Hawaii six times. <laughs> oh my God. Hawaii. I had the best time in Hawaii, but also it's hard to work in Hawaii. Yeah. I want to get into that whole tour experience because for me, it was like I was into the bootlegs at that point. Had never seen Wicked mm-hmm. Live. My only touch point was with the bootlegs. Mm. And then when it was announced, you were going to be our alphabet. Obviously, you had been in the bootlegs because that. By the time you went to tour, you had like been yeah. around the Wicked Block, yeah. and D, I sh- like could have been your personal press agent. I was running around town, being like, "Yeah, Wicked's coming, but do you know who's coming in Wicked? Do you know how lucky we are that she's coming?" They were like, "Who? I never heard of her." I was like, "We're getting a season pro." As oh my god! Oh, I love that. That's so funny. I never think about that. I never think about like what like the pe- the fans of the show like when you're coming to the city. I know that they know it's coming but i guess i just never think that they're gonna look up the alphabet which of course they will but yeah 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 Yeah, no it was a big deal because when they announced it wasn't you it was i think it was like mamie paris was currently on tour and then nicole parker took over i think and then she left right before oh yeah you know what yes well yes because i i keep forgetting that i went to tour twice so and mamie took over for me the first time and then the second time i think is when you took it from nicole yes because that was vegas yeah gotcha wait so was the tour that second time you came back, was that supposed to happen or was that like a emergency filler thing? 
I forget why they needed me. Uh, Allison Luff came after me. So maybe Allison was yeah. busy because, yeah, I mean, I had done it so many times at that point. It wasn't like they were seeking me out. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, we, we got it. We know what D does. <laughs> we got um, it. But I was really reliable. So it was like it, I was good for them when mm-hmm. they were like, oh, you know, this alphabet that we want is busy for the next six months. Let's mm-hmm. see if D can do it because we know that she's a sure thing. Because they do care about like getting good reviews and they want a strong person. They don't want to experiment with someone yeah. in between. Yeah. You know? And I thought it was interesting because they brought Clifton Hall into the tour. I'm Clifton. assuming because it was stopping in Hawaii. And I thought that was like a really like cute, sentimental thing to do. Yeah. And he was, uh, boy, that, that man exhausted himself while he was there. I'm sure. Because, you know, shows don't really go to Hawaii. And so he was so excited. He's like, I can't believe we're coming to my home. And like, he took every interview and he had a lot of requests because he's a local. So, yeah. and he yeah. was a trooper too. I mean, he he did his shows every night. But yeah, he exhausted himself because mm. he... He pushed himself very thin. And so is going to Hawaii on a tour, first of all, it was a big deal for us in Hawaii because, again, like the only tours we get ever would be like a Cats or a Phantom, like something that has just been doing the circuit. Yeah. But to be on tour and get the notice that you're going to Hawaii, is that a big deal as an actor-actress? Yeah, it's like a dream. You're like, oh, my God. And we were there during the holiday, too. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas in Hawaii. you were there for a while, right? Yeah, like eight weeks. Wow. Oh, eight weeks because I was like I feel like it was a month and it was eight, eight weeks. weeks wow yeah Hawaii was actually a really challenging time for me because the the VOG oh I didn't even think about that yeah yeah Kevin do you know what that is no it's like volcano ash in the air essentially but it's like acid so yeah it's like <laughs> it's not really great for your voice <laughs> After we were there for like maybe five days or so, and the show had just opened, all of a sudden I started to get like groggy in like a weird way that I had not felt before. Uh, You know, asking around the theater, the dressers and the locals were like, oh yeah, it's probably the the Vogue. And I was like, the what? (laughs) (laughs) Because they said it so casually. And I was like, the Vogue? What the fuck is the Vogue? And they're like, oh, that's the volcanic ash here that comes over. From you know, whatever volcano, from the and big I, was like, island. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" And like, yeah, and then, bam, lost my voice out of the show. Four days. Uh, really? Yes. Yeah, so then I had to like close all the windows. I never went outside. They gave me this vog tea that I drank wow. like gallons of, and then I was okay. Oh but I had to like limit my time outside, which was unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I also have a quick story I have to just tell before we jump in. Oh, God, please. My partner saw you in Chicago when oh. he was there for, like, Unifieds. And he, afterwards, he, like, you know, was staged or whatever. And he told you that you sounded great. You sounded really healthy. And you said, tell that to my ENT. My- <laughs> See, I... God, I love it when people tell me things that I've said and, like, that I don't remember. And, like, I'm like, I said that? <laughs> Like, yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised at this point, but that's really funny. That was a really nice thing for him to say, too. Okay, so we start every interview with how did Wicked the musical come into your life? So not necessarily as an actress, but when did the show as a property enter right. De Rossioli's life? Um, so my best friend, Kyle Luker, he's also my manager. We knew about the show because I remember I remember reading the breakdown because they put like a breakdown in, in backstage. At that point, I was looking through backstage. Mm-hmm. I was non-union. Mm-hmm. 
I was a baby. And I remember reading the breakdown for Alphaba and it said, must be extremely physically fit. And what? I, <laughs> really? Yeah. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, guess I'm not going to play that role. Because I was like, I didn't, you know, I mean, I was like, I'm not, like, I'm thin. Like, I present like I'm in shape. But, like, at that point, I wasn't working out. So, I didn't really, I, right. you know, I didn't have, like, a workout regimen. And then when I read the Nessa breakdown, I, I forget what it said. But I was just like, well, I could be the Nessa. I could be a Nessa. Yeah, yeah. And... And I didn't even I, I didn't even have an audition because uh, it was all union stuff. So you had to that at that time it was like really weird, like being a non-union person. You had to like sit in the non-union lounge and wait for them to maybe or maybe, maybe not call minute. you. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that was really weird. So the first time I like heard the show was Kyle had gotten a bootleg from the San Francisco run. Ooh, that's a hot commodity now. I know. I wonder if he still has that. I should ask him about yeah. that. Um, <laughs> So he got that and we, I just remember him, uh, I think it was on a CD player and he put that CD in and I was like, oh my God. Cause you know, he played Define Gravity for me. So mm -hmm. and at that point, nobody, I mean, if you could belt a C and a D, you were like good. And if you had an E yeah. in there, you were like a goddess. And were you like, I'm a belter at this point? Yeah, I would, but I had all those C, D and E. Those were all my money notes. But Adina gotcha. hits that F at the end and just sustains sure. everything. So I was like, oh, I can't. I can't do that. That's crazy. And then he was like, yeah, and she's flying the whole time when she's singing. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then when the show came to New York, then he got tickets for the very first preview of Wicked. And we saw that together in the nosebleeds at the Gershwin. Afterwards, he was like, you're going to play that part. And I was like, there's no way I can play that part. I can't sing like that sustained and that high. And he's like, you're going to play the part. Mm. And then shortly after that, that, I got the standby in Chicago. Ah. Well, so you were at the first Broadway preview of Wicked. Yeah. That's really historic. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, you know what's funny, too, is that in the beginning, you know, uh, it's um, what? What are you all looking at? Oh, do I have something in my teeth? Mm -hmm. There was a, a line in there that I remember Adina would say, is my petticoat showing? Oh, there was like other weird, okay. odd things that oh. were in there that, uh, you know, obviously got cut after a while. But yeah. I do remember that line. Because I thought it was weird. So I guess it's good they cut it. But <laughs> <laughs> And how did that kind of change? So at this point, you had listened to that bootlegged audio and been like, this is a crazy role. And then you see it and you see the book scenes and everything. Did that change your perception of the character at all? I honestly was so stuck on that, those notes in Defying Gravity. After I saw it that I was like, I, I just don't know if I could ever play this. So I, I don't know if I paid attention to it in the way that like watching the book scenes, like, oh, this is a character I get. Mm -hmm. I more watch a show like that now more than I did back then. Because, you know, I guess I just didn't have enough self-confidence to really put myself in those positions. Like, it just seems so unattainable to look at someone leading a show on Broadway and think that... I could do that. Yeah, I yeah, I just didn't... I wasn't there yet. Yeah. Yeah, so then after that, I just... I just I mean, I love the show so much. I just thought it was so good. And like, I would listen to the um, to the cast recording when it came out, finally. Then I started listening to it and listening to it. And then, then I finally got the audition for the standby in Chicago. And mm -hmm. the rest is history. Yeah. And so at that point, you were like, Nessa... We're on to Alpha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I, yeah. 
<laughs> I think after I started really listening to the soundtrack and listening to, um, or the cast recording, I should say, um, listening to that, I think that the Elphaba songs are just so exciting. Like, yeah. everyone, you want to play Elphaba. Yeah. The like or, part, if yeah. You're, if, or if you're a Glinda, you want to play Glinda, but really you want to play Elphaba. So take us inside the audition process for Standby. Yeah. Were you going in for Standby Always? Yes, yes, yes. Because the Chicago company wasn't supposed to be a sit-down. They, I think Stephanie, she was the, the first on tour, right? Mm -hmm. And so when they went to Chicago, it was such a giant hit that they left their touring set there and they built them, oh. built the tour a new set. Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. Yeah, because they had sold new so well. New information, Yeah. Dude. And so that set in Chicago was the original touring set that, you know, and then the tour got a brand new set, um, or at least that's how it's explained to me. And... <laughs> um, <laughs> It's all lies. <laughs> and then, yeah, then then Anna Gasteyer started that. And so mm -hmm. when Anna was about to leave, Christy Cates, who was Anna's standby, was going to be taking over her spot. And so I had auditioned and then I got put on the wait list. They communicate to you that you were on the wait list? Yeah, like, yeah, because my, my feedback, Kyle called me and they said, they're like, they really like you. Um, they just don't feel like they have a spot for you right now. So mm -hmm. they're just, you know, they're not, this isn't the end. And this is just they're putting you on like what kind of like a wait list like they know that they're going to need alphabets in the future and so they're just and yeah, i was sure. devastated of course and i cried all day and and um i think like a day or so later i got a call back and they're like hey, hey just kidding can you come in for a work session so sometimes in the audition process, if they find somebody that they really like, but maybe they're a little rough around the edges or they're not quite getting what they want from the, the actor, mm -hmm. they'll have like a work session because they really want to use this person. And it's like an audition, but it is a rehearsal, essentially. You get like a mini rehearsal. More involved. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you'll have like maybe an hour and you, and it, at this time it was Lisa Liguio, and she basically directed me through all of the scenes mm -hmm. because she knew what she wanted and I wasn't exactly giving that. And then I had another callback with everyone again. It was like Joe and Steven, and I think Winnie was there. I mean, you know, all the mm -hmm. producers, everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and was it working acting things or was it working vocal things? I think it was more acting beats that they were mm -hmm. looking for that I wasn't gotcha. quite hitting. And they're tricky because at that point, the show had been really established. So they, they, mm -hmm. they want certain things. So it's not, I mean, a lot of people have work sessions. So it's not like a... It's yeah. not a negative. It's actually no, a positive no, it's because great. they want to make it happen. But yeah, so uh, after that, then I went in. And the auditions start with the big part of Defying Gravity. <laughs> so you walk in, you're like, hello, hello, hi, hi, great. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Dun, 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 So if you can, you're like, that's how it starts. So it's a little um, shot out of the cannon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about setting people up. I mean, that is just, I mean, at least like I'm not that girl. But at this point, mentally, are you like... This is a role I can do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, I was like, I want this. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Gotcha. now I had wrapped my voice around to find gravity. I was like, oh my god, I can actually sing this now. Um, mm -hmm. I got this. I know I can do this. Then and then, you know, reading the scenes and doing acting the scenes, I was like, I know this person. I know this character. This is this is very much like me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I've just. I felt very close with her. Cause and you went to school for straight acting, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, they didn't have a musical theater program there. Gotcha. I mean, I, I wish I would have paid more attention at school. I really, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't a conservatory, you know. So it was like a liberal arts school, and we mm -hmm. had a, a you know I have a degree in theater, but yeah, I just wish I would have read more of those plays, and I didn't. Yeah, we all wish we were better in school. <laughs> right, though, right? And it's, it's like, so it's not true. until you get older, you're like, what was I doing? There's still a class freshman year that I'm like, I should have paid attention to that class because I actually use this skill like Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so now we're standing by in Chicago. What was the ask to take over full time? And then what was the ask? Did you go straight to Broadway or no? You did San Francisco in between, yeah, right? Gosh, you're really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, they, that was an emergency cover that they needed because I think Teal... Yeah, it was Teal both. I went I went two times and Teal was injured. And then the standby, uh, the understudy, which was Angel Rita, who was in the Ooh, share show with me. Um, she was on vacation. And so the standby... Oh my God. How yes, thank you. I was like, I can't, she'll kill me if I blank on her. <laughs> um, she'll literally kill me. So Vicky needed a standby in essence. And so I, gotcha. I came and I was like, I just acted like Vicky standby, which was awesome because <laughs> I just was like paid to be in San Francisco and sitting around. Yeah. And and were you doing it full time in Chicago at that point already? I had closed Chicago. Got it. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, so this was like a nice little. I was like. I got this. That's when my confidence kicked in. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I got this. It's fine. You know what I mean? Right. And gotcha. um, I think that, yeah, I think she, I think Vicky maybe missed like one show that week. And I was there for like two weeks maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to San Francisco to um, when Teal was uh, recovering and like she got better. Uh, she was only doing like a split week and Vicky had vacation. So I came I see. to cover Vicky's vacation, but I went on for half the week in San Francisco. Oh, I see. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And then so when Bra- it came time for Broadway. Yeah. Well, well, first, walk us through like when you took over full time for Chicago. Was it just like a, hey, do you want to do this? Or I mean, kind of. At that point, I was doing twice a week. So I was doing the Wednesday matinee and the Saturday matinee for Christy. Oh, it was like structured in that way. Yeah. And gotcha. um, which was, it's a blessing because that's how you build your stamina for that show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. learn, you know, you're doing it twice a week. You're like, I got this. And then like, I remember going on for a week for Christy and being like, wow, this is really hard. It's yeah. no joke. Like it's an adjustment. Your body needs to adjust. That's why I feel bad for every alphabet that's coming in without being a standby first. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs mm-hmm. to be chill on those alphabets for like a good month, two months, yeah. just to let them build up their stamina because it's just so hard. So I was doing it twice a week and then it was after a matinee one day and I was in my little standby dressing room and David Stone came in in and I was cleaning my voice steamer and I was like oh hi David and he's like hi um hi David it was like super casual he's just kind of looking around he's like so um we would love for you to do the show full time and I was like really and I cried and yeah. he's like yeah and I was like oh my god yeah I would love to that'd be great thank you so much and and yeah and I, David Stone too yeah wow. I know it was he's <laughs> He's, you know, he is the big producer, but he's also, he's not soft, but he's uh, sentimental. We love a sentimental sentimental man. man. Gosh, I didn't even mean to do that. Look at me. I'm in showbiz. Yeah, so uh, David offered it to me then. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, they worked out all the contract details. And did you feel ready at that point to be like, I can do this eight times a week? Yeah, I was scared, but I was like, it's time. Like, there was a voice that was like, enough. That's okay. You can be scared. You have to just... Take the leap. The show is at the peak of its like mania at that point. Mm-hmm. As you were saying, with like kind of building up through standby to principal alphaba in terms of stamina, it, I would imagine that also helps with the weight of the show as well. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, that's why I feel bad for the alphabas that have to come in without because mm-hmm. it's like you're getting kind of bombarded from both sides. You have like the expecting fans, mm-hmm. and then you have the creative team that expects a certain thing and then your cast that expects and then your expectations mm-hmm. on top of that for yourself and what it means to get to play a role like Elphaba. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. as a woman, those types of roles don't come along that often or they didn't at that time. Mm-hmm. It's different when you're like, you know, at the audition or when you're standing in your room and you're singing and you're like, yeah, I got this, I got this. It's totally different when you're on stage mm-hmm. because there's so much, there's just so much. There's like, 
you wouldn't believe like when they come and give notes, you just wouldn't believe it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I had it in my head that I would get, oh, D, great job. Just got a couple things for you. That is not how it goes at all. <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't know what you're doing. You got to figure this out. Uh, first thing, you got to be on four, not six. And it's just like, it goes. Yeah. And it's like, they, they have to get it done. It's like, you know, there's no time to kind of coddle you and to say, you're sure. really great. You're so good. That's your mom or your dad or your best friends are going to do that for you. And that's where you get that from. Right. You mm-hmm. don't get that from the creatives because they have a show to run. Yeah. It can be hard. You kind of have to build your... I mean, after I've done that, I feel like I can... I did a show sometime after that and one of the actors was like, God, the director really, he doesn't ever say good job or anything. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't need the good job anymore. Yeah. I was like, I stopped expecting, oh, you did great a long time ago. It's not like I, I never got anymore. it. Yeah, but you just got used to like, it was yeah. just down to business when they were giving notes. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a lot. I mean, it's like, you know, it's the bag and the broom and the hat and the whatnot and the make sure you're in this light <laughs> and not that light. And, you know, there's fog and the, your hair. And I mean, it's just like, it's a lot. Nicole Parker kind of talked to us about the mental health toll that playing this role can have on you, especially when you play it for extended periods of time. And I feel like you've kind of alluded to that in other interviews you've given. Is that something that you can relate to? Yes, 100%. There was a whole period of time where I had a weird thing, like anytime I saw... So in in the show, they have these hairpins that are like... They're kind of a U-shaped hairpin, Uh and they're kind of big. They're like this big. And they have like a little bead kind of glued onto the end because it's easier to pull in and out of wigs when they have to do quick changes. Sometimes those would find themselves on the stage, on the deck. And there was a whole period of time where if I would see one, I could not not pick it up. So there was a whole... Yeah, because I was getting loopy. So like... (laughs) I would just, because it was like at that point, uh, that was when I was in Chicago and I had been doing the show for like, I think 18 months straight. Yeah. And then I took a vacation. So I had just done so much without taking any vacation. And I was just like, my mind was like, was like, ooh. And so, yeah, I was going through this period. I was like picking up hairpins off the floor and I was like, I gotta stop doing this. It's like distracting. I'd be like, what is she doing? Why is Elphaba bending down (laughs) in the middle of a scene? I'd be like, I don't know, Fiero. I don't know. Then I come back up. Do you think you did such a long run without taking a break? Because was Wicked Chicago in your career trajectory kind of like the break? A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, do you think that added pressure? Yeah. The Wicked Chicago company was, uh, I mean, I was a waitress before that. Mm -hmm. Well, we did Pokemon and Grizabella before that. Well, that's very true. But those were all non-union gigs. So like the big break into the business for me was... For sure, Chicago. I mean, I have a very good work ethic, but I was also new and I didn't know a lot. So uh, to me, when I came there, I had this idea of like, just keep your eyes and ears open and your mouth shut. Like, mm-hmm. just just do what you're told because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know. Right. I didn't know that I could ask for certain things. If yeah. I was uncomfortable with something, you know, I didn't know that I could say, hey, this isn't really working. Can we try it this way? Yeah. It's, I just did it. So at what point in your alphabet journey would you say that you kind of settled into viewing it more as like, a, this is a job that I'm doing and like I can call out if I need to call out and all of that jazz? I think somewhere around Broadway, the end of my Broadway run, mm-hmm. I kind of got that. I think tour is really the first time that I totally relaxed. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, That's yeah, I, I can I can do this. It's okay. It's okay. You know, in Chicago and in, in a lot of New York, I was very regimented um, as mm-hmm. far as like my pre-show patterns and my doing my backstage choreography, like with the dresser mm-hmm. and everything. Like she knew there were certain times and I would want her there because I have to do a spray or, you know, whatever it was. 
But I think I was able to let go of all that more on the tour and be like, oh, it doesn't matter if I, you know, it was a little bit of OCD, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if I don't, you know, step on that crack. It doesn't matter if I don't say hi to that crew guy. I, I oh. you, Your show will still be the same. Right. Yeah. Um, so I just had to break myself of some of those habits. And I think that they were there. I think that's how I was handling that pressure of, oh, my God, this is wicked. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was, you know outside outwardly i was like hey hey hi 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 and inwardly i was like yeah. don't step on that crack don't step on that crack you'll have a bad show you yeah, know yeah, make yeah, sure you say the yeah. alphabet eight times you know what i mean like whatever I, I you know whatever it was but i'm happy to be i, I wouldn't say like i'm totally like that still happens to me sometimes before mm-hmm. shows but way less yeah. than it ever did mm-hmm. with wicked so do you feel like when you were able to kind of let go of that regimented thing did that allow you to kind of enjoy playing the role more yeah i it was it it went hand in hand me relaxing backstage helps me relax on stage well it is interesting you say that like tours where you loosened up because as i was like singing your praises around hawaii (laughs) at that point i was like oh she's a score alphabet oh yeah score it's so and then i saw you on tour and she's optioning up and everything and i was like (laughs) 12 or however old I was, Quincy was shook. I was like, oh my God. No, you're supposed to sing what's on the page. No, I love it. You're that Alphaba. Oh my God. No, you know, I I always say that, like, I give so much credit to the Alphabas that are, you know, having their own riffs and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And if they are yeah. feeling it in the moment, yeah. to me, I feel like it's a, a better storytelling tool mm-hmm. if you can use it within the context of the show. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why I, you know, musically I just didn't, well, A, I didn't have that kind of musical training and B, and that's not an excuse. It's just, I just didn't like learn music that way. I didn't learn it to then deviate yeah. from it. Wait, so were you in vocal lessons at all or were you just like, I can sing? Uh, a little bit of both. I had a little bit of voice lessons um, at school mm-hmm. and I had like more of a coaching with my voice teacher growing up, Nancy. She was more of like coaching me, acting, coaching me through the songs. I feel like now I'm learning more techniques than I ever have in my life with my current voice teacher, Derek Rosenblatt. Mm -hmm. But um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really learn that. And I didn't learn about music or reading music. So I didn't really... I couldn't read music. I can't really read music. I can kind of fake it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, that note is higher. That note is lower. Yeah, yeah. If I see the patterns. And I know yeah. what they are. Like, oh, that's a C. That's a D. Yeah. But like, you know, rhythms are really tricky for me mm-hmm. to read. I just, I listen and then I notice, oh, that note means I sing quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me, like, and I, I loved what Stephen Schwartz wrote. So that's also why I was just like, I think this is working for me. Yeah. Like, that was mm-hmm. all. I didn't feel the need. But then, you know, I'd done it for so long, I felt like, I was like, no, I think that this, I had this urge here Mm. to kind of, you know, option this up. So. I mean, the bring me down option up is inspired. I think that's like a phenomenal choice. (laughs) Thank you. I'm going to embarrass Quincy right now and say that a friend of his came on the podcast and read an email to us that Quincy had written him during the Hawaii tour stop in which which Quincy said, I was honored to be in the audience to hear D. Rossioli (laughs) option up at the end of Defying Gravity. Oh my God. Oh my God. You make me feel so good. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for noticing that kind of stuff. You know, you don't, you don't know if people are, you know, I'm not scouring the internet for like, you know, comments. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm like, I don't know if this is working. I want, and I, cause I dare not go look at the comments, especially on YouTube because 
I made that mistake once and it was just, I was like, oh, I don't think I should come back here. (laughs) There was an era of Wicked fandom where like it was getting really like toxic, but it feels like now we're kind of switching into this like we love everyone phase. Really? good. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Honestly. Well, no, you know what? Because it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, listen, like everybody can have their own favorite alphabet. Like. I'm not offended yeah. if I'm not your favorite alphabet. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, mm-hmm. it's a personal preference. It's like, my favorite color's blue. Well, mine's red. Okay. We always say, like, the baseline of doing alphabet is, like, such is praiseworthy. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I agree. And that's why I feel like anytime I run into a green girl, it's like, there's a, there's a kind of an unspoken sisterhood mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. all of us, you know? Okay. Well, speaking of that, <laughs> we've had Jackie and Teal on the pod and both have sung praises about this threesome friendship that we oh. have going on. <laughs> yes. I love these So girls. my question is, when did Jackie and Teal enter the picture? How did this happen? Um, it's, I think it's because of me. Um, I'm the great unifier. When I went to Torth for the first time, I took over for mm-hmm. Jackie in Omaha. Oh. And um, she talked about how when she was on Broadway, she was talking to David Stone, I think, and trying to get him to let her go to Hawaii and bring you to Broadway oh. for that stop. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she's a beach girl. And I'd be like, over my dead body. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how great Broadway is. I'm going to Hawaii. <laughs> But yeah, so she um, she and I just, it was just kind of like the second I met her, we just got along really well because, you know, she's very um, bouncy and like kind of mm-hmm. like uh, frantic energy mm-hmm. that's like yeah. fun, like bubbly. She's very Glinda. Yeah, she is actually. She really and, is, yeah. Yeah, and I'm very um, grounded and like earth mother. So I just <laughs> feel like those two things together were for some reason just were great for us. Yeah. And then she always jokes that she had to like hound me to be her friend, like stalk me to be her friend, but that's not really true. <laughs> I'm just lazy and she's very active, so she's going to call me all the time and then I'm like, oh, I guess I'll call her. Um, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, I would have been like, oh, I hope Jackie's doing well. You know, I just wouldn't think to call. I'm just not that person. And then Teal, because of Share Show, I, in, you know, inevitably be talking about Teal to Jackie and then, you know, or Jackie to Teal yeah. and we just ended up, and they obviously know each other, so then we just ended up like having lunch together and actually now gotcha. Teal's in my acting class. So we have acting class together and Jackie's going to be soon to join that class. So cute. Yeah. I think it was Jackie that shared a story where she was like, Teal and I went on a string of auditions and like weren't hearing back from anything. And then we met up for drinks one day mm-hmm. and both were like, at this point I go back to Wicked. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, like Wicked called Jackie being like, do you want to come back? Oh my God. <laughs> Was I there for that? Was I there for that drinking? Maybe. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, that's always how it happens, right? Yeah. Like, you're just kind of like... And now when people ask me, will I come back? I'm like... Ah. If the check clears. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. yes, because that's like, you don't really turn down that money. But I don't know. There's always a time when you come back to the show and you're like, really excited. You're like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You do your first show. Then you're like, oh my God, I have six more months of this can i do this can yeah, i do this yeah. oh my god i can't believe i got myself into this again because it's just you forget let's go to we're hopping all over the place but I let's go to broadway debut because that must have been a moment yeah. for you. so i was i really wanted to go to broadway they knew i really wanted to go to broadway because i had kind of put okay. my time into to chicago and when you're doing full time in chicago are you thinking like i can probably hop over to broadway at some point yes yeah yeah i, gotcha. I but 
I was not the only one with that thought. Sure. Right. So there was lots yeah. of other girls with that same thought. Which is also an interesting dynamic to think that there's like other people playing alphabet around the country and probably all vying for right. this spot. Yeah. For Broadway, <laughs> like yeah. On any exactly. given evening, there are three women painted green flying through a theater somewhere in the country. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes soon I'll get there. You know what's so funny? Danielle Williamson was an understudy in Chicago and she's great. And she had gotten to the company really early on and she was I I don't know what she was actually doing but I imagine she was like unpacking her stuff putting it all up at her her dressing table and and she and I'm I remember I was just sitting on the couch in the girls dressing room like looking at a magazine and I had been there for a while still a standby at this point mm. and she's like well I want to be here for a little while but then I I really want to go to Broadway and I just looked at this poor child and I was like get in line honey <laughs> I don't know if she remembers that or not, but I don't, this is, I cannot Stand believe by I said, I know. I was like, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know how anybody dealt with me. That's funny. So was it another like David Stone just calling you up and being like, hey, do you want to do this? I uh, know this was actually Marsha, the general manager. I thought it might be coming, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And like I had been kind of burned before and I was. Did you hear rumblings? Yeah. Yeah. There was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say any of it, but like, I think that they were talking about like. Sudden silence. Maybe coming in. And I was mm. like, that was in my mind, that was when I would have went. And so when they said oh. that. Sudden silence was gonna go and I was like what I was just so upset you know I wanted my chance too and um and then when I found out that she wasn't going and then I got a call yeah yeah and and I remember my my first night on like my entire family was there and I was like guys please kit like can I have just like one show maybe where I just <laughs> can get back into and I, I know I had done the show for a long time but like just yeah. you know I'm gonna be really nervous it's Broadway there's a rake it's yeah, different yeah. so um they're like no we're coming <laughs> I remember The Wizard and I starting and Dominic Amendum was was conducting and I just I couldn't settle my body. Mm-hmm. So I start, I was I started I was like did that really just happen? Have I actually uh-huh. understood? I was like singing like that and Dom, Dom I like looked at Dom cuz I was like what's happening to my voice? <laughs> <laughs> he's like calm down, calm down, you're okay, yeah, yeah. you're okay. And then I was able to kind of breathe and then relax into it and I was like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I know how to do this. I've done this a gajillion times already. Right. Do your thing. Wow. And then I, yeah. after that, I was able to relax. So you auditioned for Chicago Standby and then never had to audition again. Everything else was an offer? Correct, yeah. Work. Look at you. That is D.V. Rossioli, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I think Broadway was the shortest contract that I had. I think that was like eight months, nine months, maybe. We just talked to Eden. Wow, I feel like I'm just like name dropping this entire interview. I'm so sorry. But, but it's no, just like I love all these like... girls. No, I love all these. These are all people that I know that it mattered to me. So yeah, like, yeah. it's great. So Eden has done like a bajillion contracts. At what point were you like, I don't know if I'm still should be doing this? Like, when did you mentally check out? I don't know if I ever mentally. I mean, I, I've mentally checked out during contracts at times. Was there a point where you like, do I need to hang up the towel on Alphaba during a contract? I mean, I think I think I thought that from after, from the beginning contract. Right. I think I thought that really? there was a piece of me that thought that every time I took a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had this, oh my God, am I going to be able to do it this time? Am I going to hurt myself this time? Is, you know, what's going to happen? You know, all the fear talk that we all kind of do as creative people, um, I did for every contract. And then at the end of it, I was like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I could do this. I could do this. And then, 
you know, it's like you forget and then you get off of the next contract and then you're like, oh God, can I, can I? And like, you know, the people around you are all like, yes, you can do it. You did it before. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, you know, they like, get tired of up. hearing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They get tired of it. Like, shut up. You're very talented. Be quiet. You're lucky. Um, <laughs> it's like your alphabet. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, shut up. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just... Um, and I'm kind of happy because my very last show was in Philadelphia and it was one of those things where I got called in to be an emergency cover for the week. Mm-hmm. I, I came down to Philly and I did the all eight shows and that was my last time that I'd done it. And like some from Pennsylvania, I'm from kind of near Philadelphia. It was kind of very special to be able to, and I remember having that very last show on that Sunday and thinking, is this my last show with Wicked? Is this going to be mm-hmm. it? And I remember feeling it's okay if it is like, I'm I'm good. I feel like I've done everything that I need to do with this part. I'm ready for something new. This has been beautiful. So if it ends here, fine. Yeah. But and if it doesn't, that's also fine. But it just yeah. happened that that's where it got left off. For now. Yeah, I mean, for now. I can't imagine them having my old ass on Broadway. So, I mean. <laughs> Everyone says that. And I'm like, all of you could still pass. Like, it's so funny. I know, but when you think about it, it's like, I'm a little too old. I'm like college student. Like, come on. Like, that's. Yeah. I Teal mean, was like, I could probably still do it, but I feel like a younger girl would just have an easier time doing it. Yeah, I know. It's like there's other girls that want to play it. They, I, I'm yeah. glad to like, here, you can have the hat. Let their bodies go, go through it. Yeah. <laughs> let, oh my God, let their yeah, 26-year-old like, knees go on the rake. Have at it. <laughs> Call me when it hurts. I'll be there to give you a hug. <laughs> All right. Should we uh, switch gears to the share show? I would sure. love to switch gears to the share show. Okay. Well, to start. When did you come into the process with the share show? I got a phone call from uh, um, Craig Jessup, who is Breedlove, mm-hmm. the the makeup yeah. designer or makeup, makeup artist of Wicked, and he was like, "They're doing a share musical. You're going to be share. You need to go in." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" Again, me thinking I can't do something. Everybody else around me is like, "You could do it. You could do it. You're going to be share." Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. "I'm going to be share." I was like, "I don't see it." Especially knowing that he has every alphabet in his Rolodex, and he chose to call you. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, he uh, he said that, and I was like, "Okay." So I, was, I called my manager, and I was like, "Yeah, they're doing a share musical." And Kyle looked it up, and he's like, "Oh yeah, they are. All the shares are cast." So Kyle's big plan was that. Um, He's like, they're not, they're only casting ensemble right now. They're not casting for the standby yet, but you should just go in for one of the ensemble parts. They're going to look at you and immediately be like, you're a standby. You're going to be our standby. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I went in for the ensemble and that's exactly what happened. They were like, oh, we're not going to give you this part, but we're going to, because I mean, they all need to dance and like that just didn't do that. So I, I was right. never going to be in the ensemble <laughs> of that show. Uh, so yeah. So then I, I, I went in for the standby and I, uh, I got the standby and. Um, and was it for both at the time? Yeah. For Star and Lady. The parts were very different when we auditioned. Teal, the Lady part was um, a lot bigger. It was a little yeah. bit yeah. more even. Between Mm -hmm. Stephanie, Teal, and Michaela. And then just as the show went on, it made more sense to have Stephanie kind of absorb all that material to have one person kind of... Drive. Yeah. Well, and so you've talked about before relating to this experience how maybe standing by wasn't necessarily your like gig Mm. as you were doing it. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I feel like being a a standby or a... Well, anybody that does covers multiple parts, there's a Mm -hmm. certain... Uh, muscle that you have to have developed and I don't have that muscle really mm-hmm. um, gotcha. I've been standby for one part and that's that's fine and I've understudied you know I understudied Stephanie in, in Little Miss Sunshine and that was you know that's fine I had like another little oh, bit part right. but having two lead parts to cover was I, I was really nervous about that 
I just, mm. I was like, am I ever going to be comfortable? Well, you know, how am I going to really do any of this justice? Am I just going to always be thinking what's next? What's next? What's next? And what was it like to stand by at this point in your career? Because we had a similar conversation with Jackie standing by and if then. I didn't, I didn't want to stand by. That's not what I wanted. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. set out for that. I, I felt like I had already, I was like, I did the standby thing. I feel like, you know, I want to be playing roles now. But, you know, it was a brand new musical and it's a giant musical and, and you know. It was a share show. It was a share <laughs> show. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to, I'm I'm not going to ever say no to work. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and Kyle, like, you, you know, he's very insightful. He's really good at his job. So I followed his advice and, you know, I feel like it was good advice. I'm glad I did it. Because again, like, you know, Stephanie was out, you know, twice, mostly once a week, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way she felt like her body could handle. And you had people going specifically to see you. Oh, I did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. People would post on Twitter when Stephanie would go out and they're like, D's on tonight. That's so nice. It's crazy because, you know, first of all, Cher's an icon, right? And Stephanie mm-hmm, is a mm-hmm. theatrical icon, like yeah. that we all yeah. know, you know? And so I was like playing an icon and covering an, uh, like a, an icon. Especially because when this was announced, it was like, oh, okay, so this is going to be SJB's Tony. Like it wasn't even from a, the a press question. release. We all were yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it was. Because when, when, I mean, if it wouldn't have happened then, when was it going to happen? Because it needed to happen. It was overdue. That's why. Yeah. So it was like, we all knew it was coming. Did you guys kind of feel that as well in the cast? I think that we were all, we didn't really talk about it, um, but I think we we're all hoping. And, and yeah. Stephanie is. She is a workhorse. She's definitely, she puts in her time. She is ready. She's always, she's, she's a good leading lady. Like she's a good company mm-hmm. member in that way. She really puts herself out there and she, you know, everybody else kind of builds up to that. Everybody's like, oh, Stephanie's working really hard. We're going to work really hard. She's always prepared. Yeah. She's very gracious to her understudies and her standbys. She's always has her work. Have you ever seen her handwriting? It is like perfect. Of course. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, Big I know. honor it's, roll energy. Yeah, 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 totally. She's a Virgo. It um, all makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she, you know, always like if you wanted, I mean, I I took my own, I have my own crazy way of taking notes. So like I didn't really need yeah. her notes, but she was always offering, you know, and of course Teal is Teal. So, you know, standing back for Teal is like... <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd go to four here, but maybe it's six. And I'm like, all right, Teal, don't worry about it. It's fine. I got it. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, she's like in the moment, you know? Kevin brought up as we were recording the intro, share. Oh, real share. Real share should be Madame Morrible in the Wicked movie. <gasps> Wouldn't that be so funny? Holy crap. That would be amazing. <laughs> Oh my god! And with that face, I got chills. I got chills. That's so good. I mean, she'd be so dry. Could you imagine? It would be yes. It'd be brilliant. Uh. Anyway, something with the weather. Dee, this has been so much fun. Thank you yeah. for joining us. Oh my God, yeah, thank you, you so much. Wonderful. Uh, where can people find you online? Um, well, I am on Instagram, um, being ridiculous. That's just you know regular old <laughs> at DRacioli. And I'm also at DRacioli Twitter. And then uh, YouTube is DRacioli Online and Facebook is DRacioli Online. And you like put out YouTube content, Dee. A, a little bit. I did during sure the pandemic. Do. It's not no- my normal kind of go-to thing, but, <laughs> um, I, but it's good. Thank you. I got bored enough and um and then i'm actually going to nantucket to do mama mia so that should be fun as who dana stop <laughs> we love when is that 
Um, that I, I think, well, I start rehearsals the 26th of June and then we start July and we run through August, July, August. So yeah, I'll be uh, there. We're going to Nantucket. Nantucket's not far. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. If I saw you guys there, I'd be so happy. Oh my God. Oh, you see the winner just, takes it all. Oh, I know. That's always really good. But I have to say, what is a super trooper? I, I have no idea. Like. I'm like trying to like look at this and I'm like super trooper what a catchy melody that's what it super is super trooper I know there's a lot I just gotta let go I'm like it doesn't matter it's Mamma, Mamma Mia, Mia. No. it's just let it go it doesn't have to mean anything exactly that's gonna be so fun I feel like Mamma Mia is such a fun show to do that's what everybody says that's fun oh my god D I just realized we didn't ask you okay, oh my god so we ask every guest if they're oh. Wizard and I defying gravity or no good deed alphaba and we didn't ask you the conversation was just flowing oh okay so I have to decide whether I'm a Wizard and I okay definitely not defying gravity the, the big three it, it can mean whatever you want it to mean I think I'm a no good deed I think most alphabas that we have spoken to have said it's it's no good deed it's interesting you had such an adverse reaction to defying gravity though because I feel like normally the Wizard and I gets that reaction no I love love the wizard and i that's the song that i see because that's the only time she's like super hopeful you mm, know what i mean okay. like and then everything kind of gets pulled out from underneath her after that um because you <laughs> yeah. know if you think about it like she's been abused her whole life right she's like i get it i get it i know how to, i built my defenses to that and then right, yeah. somebody you know somebody says no this is we're gonna give you this and it's gonna be wonderful and she's like wait and she lets down her guard mm. that one time that's very true. and wow. then it gets yeah. all taken away from her and then some um, yeah. So that's why I do love Wizard and I, but I think to sink your teeth into it's got to be no good deed. Yeah. Love that. I'm glad we remembered to ask yeah. you that. I would have been so upset if we didn't ask. You guys are amazing. I love this. We'd have been emailing you like, can you send us a voice memo? <laughs> I would. I would totally have done it. Don't worry. Anything you need, don't worry. <laughs> Kevin, we just talked to my first ever Elphaba. Quincy, how do you feel? What's that like for you? It's honestly kind of just hitting me now. In the moment, <laughs> I mean, I know we just talked about her being my first Elphaba a lot <laughs> with her, but like in the moment, the like feeling of it all wasn't hitting. But now that we're wrapped, I'm like, sure. Wait, that was kind of a cute moment, Quincy. If 12-year-old you could see you now. I hope someday we get to talk to my first Elphaba. Me too. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> Whenever you guys comment, it happens on TikTok a lot. You guys will be like, when are you having Adina on? I'm like, you let us know. <laughs> yeah. You get us a contact email. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a super, super fun conversation. Thank you for coming on, D. Yeah, I had a great time. She said multiple things I feel like that actually surprised me, which not that that yeah. doesn't happen frequently, but it's like you talk to so many alphabas, you hear similar-ish stories, but like I feel like she really dropped some knowledge on us in this episode. I thought at a couple points, I was like, oh, it would have been so cool to have her on like when we were really like dissecting the show because she really like enlightened me like once or twice, like when she was saying like, oh yeah, like Alphaba lets her guard down and that's when things go. And then in that moment, I was like, Glinda's the first person who's ever nice to her and she lets her guard down and that goes to shit. She gets this opportunity to meet the wizard. She lets her guard down, that goes to shit. Yeah. And it's like, Fiero is really the only instance where the letting down of her guard works, works out, out in her favor at the end. I mean, I guess- so does Glinda, but I mean, but but there's a there's an end to her relationship with Glinda, and she goes on and continues. New information, yeah, is that the Chicago sit down the set. set was the tour set. That's like a big 
like piece of information though because like for that to have happened that decision had to be so far in advance because it's not like you can build that set or any set in a week and when she explained that you know it wasn't meant to be a sit down but then the tour was so popular in chicago that they were like let's make it a sit down yeah i was like makes a lot of sense but like never realized that's what happened another thing too quincy is like Add D to the list of like alphabas who saw themselves as Anessa first. Yeah, I'm you know like, why I mean? like, is that well, so that, common? That's so common. Can you believe we almost forgot to ask our the reason for our podcast, our mission statement question? <laughs> okay, guys, this stuck on is going to be two tiny stuck ons that I'm hoping combines into a big stuck on. First stuck on. So I'm sure by now we've all heard the news that Sutton Foster is going to the West End to do anything goes. Yes. My thought when I read that was this production was orig- was crafted for Megan Mullally. Like it's not the Sutton Foster anything right. goes. That's uh, it's not like the 2011 roundabout production that's on the West End right now. It's like a brand new production of Anything Goes. It's a new. If I'm looking at Sutton Foster and Stephanie J. Block and being like, who do I slot into my Megan Mullally production of Anything Goes? I would think that the more obvious answer would be Stephanie J. Block. The closer fit. Yeah, for sure. Sure. My second stuck on SJB, stuck on. Did you see the revival of Miss Saigon? Mm-hmm. Did we see the revival of Miss Saigon together? Mm-mm. Why do I, what have we seen in the Broadway theater? West Side Story. Oh, Ugh. rest in peace. The Miss Saigon revival featured a song that Katie Rose Clark sang in the production called Maybe Heartbreaker, mm-hmm. if I'm going to mm-hmm. be honest. And my stuck on that I'm bringing up is Stephanie J. Block singing this beautiful ballad, maybe at some concert, I'm assuming in the UK in 2013. Guys, couldn't tell you what the concert was for, (laughs) why it happened, why she was singing it, but she sings it. And she brings such like a depth and gravitas to the song. Yeah. I watch it all the time. One, because I love the song. Two, because it's SJB. Uh, Go give it a watch (laughs) if you haven't watched it. it. Yeah. That's a deep cut. Thank you for bringing that to the podcast. Yeah, I'm glad I could. I'm glad I could use this platform for good. I'm glad I could use stuck on. (laughs) And that's your stuck on of the week. Kevin, another great episode in Summer with Sent Men. And at this point, we're we're halfway. We're We're halfway through the summer. Oh, we're halfway through Summer with Sent Men. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Enjoy July. Happy, oh, happy 4th of July. Yeah. To those who celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> to those who celebrate. <laughs> um, TTYL. You've been listening to Sentimental Men. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Quincy Brown and Kevin Bianchi. Thanks to Julia DeMarzo for our thrillifying artwork. And thanks to you for tuning in. You can reach us at sentimentalmenpod at gmail.com. Or on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at sentmenpod. That's S-E-N-T-M-E-N-P-O-D. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. I can't stop thinking about Cher saying Madame Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) It is my personal opinion that you do not have what it takes. Oh my god. I can't believe you got D to do a share impression. Oh, Miss Alphabet. <laughs>